What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Maha City in Denver, Colorado, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo, you are tuned in here to the Thursday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. You know the rules. Uh, it is open phone lines. The only thing that we ask you to do is call during the break, uh, during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter slash X, you can do that at Sports Grind. And also, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll read those on air and respond to them in real time, or I'll respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well and leave comments. And like I said, I'll respond to those later or in real time. And also keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the episodes live or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise, or you're just having technical difficulties listening to us through your other means or apps, always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week, 365. And also you can go ahead and listen and click play and hit the play button and listen to us there as well. Also. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. So let's get into it. It's Thursday um, as we inch closer to the end of the week, um, into the weekend. Uh, we've got quite a bit of things going on. Uh, we're definitely going to start in the NFL here shortly. We've got all jobs filled now in the National Football League with the big news coming in this morning. So definitely I'm going to start there. Uh, we've got some other NFL news off the field as well. Also, we've got Tom Brady Sr. speaking to um, – uh, who did he speak to? I think it was to Sports Illustrated uh, that he spoke to. Uh, no, actually, excuse me. My apologize. The Boston Globe um, It was talking about in regards to some intimate conversations him and Robert Kraft has had about Tommy and what uh, Mr. Kraft admitted to him. So definitely have my thoughts on that. I uh, didn't get to this story yesterday, but uh, this is the one SI. This one's on Sports Illustrated. SI.com. Um, yesterday came out, uh, according to them, certain sources that the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson kind of uh, went sour after Aaron's injury. Also, we're getting some coaching, coaches, I should say, and some people speaking out out of that building about what they really feel about Nathaniel Hackett, which is not shocking to me. Um, also, uh, we've got some Broncos news on one of their rookies uh, we'll get to. Also, NBA uh, continues to roll on. Um, basically, your Spurs uh, showed some grit there in the fourth quarter, uh, but their rally came up short as they lose to Orlando 108 to 98. Uh, Vassell led the way and dropped in a 26 piece. Uh, so again, Vassell's fine. You know, um, I know we had a listener the other day talk about the disappointment if I felt like he hit a wall because the all-star break. No, I mean, you've got to be very special. I'm not saying Vassell can't end up being special, but you got to be really a cut above the rest to make the all-star, uh, especially the initial all-star, you know, voting with a team uh, with a record like this. But uh, in regards to last night, just real quick, and just to throw this out there with the Spurs, because like I said, they did show some grit in the fourth quarter, but they end up, you know, coming up short. Um, 
what's interesting, what's become, because it is what it is with the, uh, with the team and whatever projected record or what it's going to be this year. Uh, Cause at sometimes to be honest with you, it looks like they're more tanking this year than they did last year, to be honest in some games the last night wasn't the case, but it's come to me more of getting pops reaction, how he's really dealing with this. And, and, and a lot of it has to do with how he deals and with the media after the games. So last night I was able to come across his press conference and, um, you know, he was asked a question, and I don't know if it was a local reporter or a national reporter, but he asked the question about the fans, you know, in regards to, hey, you know, the season's been kind of rough, you know, but the fans, whatever. And Pop just went out of his way to praise the fans on how they've been and basically last night their efforts to get loud when, you know, their, you know, Spurs were making that run and everything. And that just struck me to the fact of, because he was asked a question, but that kind of lets me also know the perspective of really where the team's at and really things have changed. Because remember, I mean, this is the same guy that never really wanted to anything about the fans. In regard, I mean, he's always respected the San Antonio fan base. He has. But at the same time, just like everything else, he's kind of ruled with the iron fist. Like it's never been so much. I've had I've heard him countless of times ask about, well, you know, the fan, well, the fans have no outcome of what happens. The fans are this. The fans don't. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what you think, whatever. So to me, it's kind of it's kind of strange to see. I mean, of course, taking in consideration where the franchise is at. But now it's strange to see for a man that's probably trying to deal with this the best way he can but really having to do almost a 180 in his perspective of everything else that stood out. Also, basically, you know, again, he talks about the physicality and he talks about, you know, that, you know, not in a selfish way, but there was a lot of one-on-one, you know, basketball, but he says, Oh, I don't think they do it selfishly. It's just the fact that, you know, we're not built there yet. We're not, we're not built like that right now to be able to have, be able to win that way. So, um, I thought that was interesting. And, and to me, you know, and this is a night because I could just tell by the naked eye test. This was not, you know, I mean, it's Orlando Magic coming in. I mean, it's not uh, it wasn't a stellar attendance night from what I could even see through the TV screen at the Frost Bank Center. So but that's what happens when you find yourself in these situations, when you're dealing with a struggling young team, whatever, rebuild, tear down. You have to really start cater to those fans more because at the end of the day, it's a business and you got to try to get the and keep the interest in a team that basically is sitting at 10 wins on the, you know, on the season. So um, there you go with that. Uh, you can react to that if you want. The Nuggets uh, without Joker came up short. Uh, and OKC, they competed, but um, they came up short uh, and lost that game to Oklahoma. I said it yesterday. Um, they lost 105 to 100. Um, you know, the Denver Nuggets in Oklahoma, and I would throw the Clippers in that, but definitely when you talk about the West, those are the three top teams in the West as we go to the All-Star break. Clippers, Nuggets, and Oklahoma. I would be shocked if it's anybody besides those three. And, yes, you can put the Lakers in there. And I'm going to say this pre-flop before any trades or anything like that, and I reserve the right to change that depending on if there's a blockbuster trade, the Lakers involved, depending on what they got to give up. But I'm telling you right now as we go into All-Star break, those are the three teams that I'd totally be surprised if there's anybody out of those three teams that basically represent the West. But Nuggets came up short last night, 105-100 to in Oklahoma without their leader, Joker. I want to make sure I heard that right. You said Clippers, Nuggets, and Minnesota. No, Clippers, Nuggets, 
and OKC. And OKC. Those are okay. the three teams that I would be at this point prior to any trades or anything happening. Though I would be surprised if it's not one of those three teams that end up representing. So the then West. that's where I got confused because you're discounting the current number one team in the West. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean they're the number one. I mean I've seen a lot of number one seeds win fifty five to sixty games, and not get it done. Um, I'm not taking that, and no disrespect to them, but I'm not taking that coach and staff and that coach and Carl Anthony Towns and what's important to him and how he plays. I'm not taking. I mean I got a lot of respect for Anthony Edwards. I'm not taking them a four out of seven with any of those teams. Maybe in Oklahoma, just off of experience. I mean Oklahoma still is ahead of schedule. I mean, technically, I mean, they're, they're still a young team that's growing that went through the process of lottery, 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 human picks. And now they've got a maybe all-star, I mean, excuse me, an MVP candidate and maybe one of the top guards that are emerging as superstar and Alex Gill, uh, Alexander, Shay Gill, uh, Shay Gill. I'm going to call him Gill or just uh, Shay. Shay. Yeah. Or Shy. Yeah. So no, I'm no, I'm not. I mean, what, the hell is Minnesota done? I mean, what are they? I mean, like I said, they've got big cat. They lost. The, they got a guy chasing 60 points and they lost. Now, credit to them. They've been a great. They've not a great, but they've been a good defensive team. They're one of the better defensive teams in the West. I'm not taking. They might beat like Oklahoma and Minnesota. That's a 50 50 series. You going to take OKC to beat the Clippers? I don't think so. Nobody's going to put the mortgage on it. You're going to take Minnesota to go ahead and beat the defending champs in the Nuggets? I don't think so. A four out of seven. Remember. This ain't Super Bowl 58. This ain't a conference championship game. The best team, you know, in NFL, it's arguably sometimes the best team doesn't win the whole thing. It's the team that's the healthiest, the team that's really a team, not just on paper, and the team that's coached well. And the NBA, from what they've told me ever since I was a little boy, that in the NBA and the MLB, when you play a four out of seven, you find out really who the best team is. So I'm not taking, I would not take, as we stand right now, I know I would not take Minnesota to beat the Nuggets or the Clippers in a four out of seven. Oklahoma, off of experience alone, that's a 50-50 series. But no, yeah, you heard right for the most part. Well, yeah. that, that's why I was shocked because yeah. yeah, I was expecting, like, like you ever hear it where you, where you hear one thing and you see another? And that's why I was expecting you to say Minnesota. Oh, and then you just said, and, and, and really like, about Minnesota? He, yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, because okay. I, I mean, again, got a lot of basketball left to play. Injuries could be a factor. So if Kawhi goes down and like, here we go again, if Paul George goes down, here we go again, that's different circumstances. But for the rule of law on this particular program, uh, for the last 20 years, we've always done predictions and picks off of good health. And we know that that's not all reality, but I don't care. It's because if you ask somebody, you're assuming that, hey, with their best, good health, everybody healthy, this is the better team. So, yeah. So, other NBA uh, news, which we didn't even bring this up yesterday, which was like, okay, but we didn't really mention that Dame Dalla was making his return back home to the Rose Garden to play the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, his homecoming got spoiled. Uh, Portland was able to hold on and be victorious against the Bucs. Uh, they won last night. Uh, 119 to 116. Doc's 0-2 starting off. And no, I'm not going to count their losses. Well, probably will till he wins one. But 0-2. And the irony of this is the intern coach, the substitute teacher, I think one lost one game. I think he finished while Doc was getting ready. You know, I think he finished internship like maybe 3-1, and 4-1 and or something. 
that wasn't Prunty's first time being a fill-in. He was the fill-in for uh, Atlanta between Quinn Snyder, uh, or before Quinn Snyder, and then also uh, was the, the fill-in even back in Milwaukee before you got to Coach Bud. When I was in yearbook, my senior year, in yearbook class, when substitutes would walk in, it wasn't their first time substitute teaching. It was a part-time gig. At the end of the day, they a substitute. So regardless whether it's his fourth time being an intern coach, Doc is this dude that Mickey Mouse, a.k.a. Giannis, went to ownership and begged to have, and they behind a backdoor slimy, nasty deal, and and signed off at the end of the day, like I said the other day, they preaching, they preaching patience, but didn't have patience with Griffin. But at the end of the day, they're owing to Mr. Doc Wonders. Um, and, and to me, the one thing I think he was adding on because everybody put the emphasis on, oh, we're so bad of a defensive team. You know, when we were with Bud and everything, when it came down to that Griffin was not just getting along with Giannis and other starters. And I told you this is deeper. This ain't about where they rank defensively because I know how the NBA works. And I know when you have control and players, this is about we don't like what's being messaged in practice. We don't like the rules in this. We don't like this. We're not getting along. I can't play for him. They're 0-2. And return to spoil. Do you know, like, when a player in this age, when we've seen players play hip scotch and go from different teams, do you realize that everybody on that team, especially speaking of the NBA, they go apple sack to the wall for that guy, especially when you're a guy like Dame Dollar, when you return back home? Like, we want to get him this win. Okay. Giannis had about two offensive fouls, three interceptions. It's still bull in the China shop. I don't know who's worse. I got my bull in the uh, China shop guys in the NBA where they'll see a wall. And I, and I thought Giannis pretty much improved the wall, but I, that's on Doc because, you know, Nurse put that tactic in a few years ago when Kawhi and the boys knocked him out. My bowl in the China Chop top three is Giannis, Randall from New York, and our boy down here from the 210 and Keldon Johnson. Those three lead the NBA in the bowl in China Chop. It's a two or three. I wonder how many charge. We could go check the stats on how many charge calls those three guys get. You'd be amazed. But I will tell you that – I'm going to be realistic with this doc situation. Yes, I will count until he gets his first win. But even though I think it's phony and it's funny and it's baloney, all three to sit there and beg everybody for patience when nobody in the organization along with Giannis has showed patience since they made the decision to walk away from Budenholzer. Um, that's a tough, that that's a, I would say that's a bad loss for bucks because Portland, it, like Chauncey Billups talked about it. They're trying to get an identity. They're still getting an identity. He said, Hey, well, our identity now we're trying to, you know, we got young guys coming up. I'm like, well, at least somebody's talking about an identity instead of just going by the seat of the pants. But you look at Scoot and you look at what they're doing. They're starting to compete a little bit better. You know, they're not, uh, they're not a playoff team. Okay, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not going to probably be even be able to play in game, even though we've got a lot of games to play. With that said, the Bucks, Dame coming back home, you got to win that. You got to win that. And he got outplayed with his mentor, the guy that he mentored in the backcourt while he was there for the last few years. And Scoot Henderson was able to chip in as well, too. You could tell that the Portland faithful, and I always say that's one of the most faithful fan bases in the NBA because they've been through a lot. You know, they've been through. Uh, you know, the Trail Gangster era, Rasheed Wallace and all them, Isaiah Ryder, go way back. They've been through a lot, and they've been patient. And they've got one championship to show for it in their organization, and that's from old Bill Walton. Slam it down, big man. 1977, year I was born. That's a long-ass time ago. Uh, but that's a, that's, a, that's a bad loss for the Bucks. Not horrendous, but it's bad. 
But it, hey, did Michael Jordan win every game? Did he win every every two games? No, is he successful? Does that mean not he's successful? Are you successful with your job? Come on, Doc. Karma's a hell of a thing. Okay, the substitute teacher went three, four, one. Okay. He'd been on the lesson plan all year, but man, the bottom line, when the substitute comes in, you cut up. You cut up, and when a substitute, you when I was younger going to school, I could always tell a substitute teacher that really should be a full-time teacher. And that's when that substitute teacher could come in there and control 18 to 15 badass kids. Okay. When I knew I couldn't pull off a dice game, when we had a substitute teacher, when I had him all the time, most of the time in yearbook, I knew like, you know what? You're a good teacher. Cause I can't, nobody get nothing past you. Just, just that fear. Not all substitutes are equal the same. Oh, and two doc. You listen to the sports grind. When we get back, we've got all the jobs filled in the National Football League. This one affects the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about it when we get back. You listen to the sports grind. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spend the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products that they have in, or you just want to have it delivered, you already know what they got. You just want to deliver straight to your doorstep. Um, don't forget, specsonline.com, because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind, and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Speaking of the Cowboys, um, but yeah, man, we had we had blackjack games going on in that yearbook class. Um, couple dice games, and I forget, man. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think, and I've got a bad memory, but I want to say that my yearbook teacher was Mr. Laird. Okay, you know, um, but yeah, so. 
substitute teachers, man. It, it makes a difference. And, and you know, and I'm going to, and I'm going to change that disclaimer, what I put on doc before we get into this Cowboys and coach hiring by the commanders. Um, I'm going to continue to count the L's because beating a team under 500 don't count. It counts in the standings, but not what this is about. So until he wins a game against a playoff team or one of the potential playoff teams, I'll lay off. And after the first one, that's good. So if he comes in and beats the Wizards or they beat up on, I don't know, uh, the Hornets, and that ends up being his first win. Nah, I mean, it counts in the standings. You got to win all games. You're supposed to, you know, win whoever you play. But in regards to just easing up a little bit, that's what I'll mention. And, and, and trust me, do you think that I would care about that, that I wouldn't like to see Doc Rivers win another championship? So all this hard work, these different tries with the Clippers, the Sixers, and now the Bucks finally pay off. Because evidently, he's still chasing that and has a passion for the game. I mean, the check's good. Uh, you know, but that that that's the disclaimer I'm going to put on there. What do you got? Well, there's only 16 teams above 500 across the NBA right now, and they're one of them. So that would make that 15 yeah. opponents that you're allowing them to yeah. win and, and and count that for. Yeah, just until because the only reason I'm being like this is because he's just starting off 0-2 and a substitute teacher. Um, even though Jonas wants to put out, he's been a substitute teacher four times. Well, and he's been working with the team already for two years, or, or well, at this point, because um, again, he was there right before Quinn Snyder in terms of uh, being the buffer between McMillan and Snyder. And then, so you've been on the bench all this season, so you already have a relationship with the players. You already have a feel for the rotations. So at that at that point, it's easier to slide in. Well, then why in the hell can we leave Doc's ass at Bristol then? Why don't they just roll with him? Just say, hey, man, it's not working with well, Griffin. Because, the because, players because Prunty is not the option, the long-term solution. You just don't see him as a long-term solution. Maybe he's just not a head coach kind of guy. Maybe right. he doesn't he's want a, to be a head coach. Right. No, I got that's also a factor, but he's a substitute. And he was 3-1 and one or 4-1 and one in Doc's 0-2. So what's the Bucks' next game? Do you know? Because I, because like, pull it up. yeah, but anyway, that was just the thing. Why well, he looks at that, let's get into the big news of the day. This morning, it kind of broke. They uh, play, that they they play on Saturday against Dallas. Well, you give well, if they beat Dallas in Dallas, that that counts. I mean, it's it? kind of like okay, but it'll count. We'll say okay, he's okay. one or two counts over. We'll check in the playoffs, see how far they go, make sure they don't do one and done by eight seed again. We'll see. Okay, get nervous. Have Man, can you imagine they're gonna make the playoffs? But could you imagine his first year on the job? Let's say they draw, I don't know, you know what the seeds are. Let's say they draw fit. Let's say they draw Philly. I say Philly or Miami. No, Philly's gonna be higher than true, true. You're like okay, but they Mi- can, Miami, I will give you Miami. Give me some give me some Miami and who else likely they could draw. I would say at least the first or second round, maybe maybe. Uh the first round, mm-hmm. you're likely to either get Something around like the Indiana Pacers, okay, Pacers down but, to as bad okay. as the Bulls or Hawks. Okay. So let's see. And Bulls are just too up and down. That's a weird team, to be honest with you. Um, wouldn't that be something Doc's first year on the job, technically not first year, he gets in the playoffs, run up against one of those teams, and they get up 2-0, and they end up losing the series. Wouldn't that be something? 
I think know? three would be worse because that's that's the no. that's the thing, right? It's, it can get you to three wins, but then it just no, falls man. apart. Doc has blown some two zero leads. That that's really what he, I don't think Doc Doc's blown three one leads. Uh, he hasn't blown a three zero. He's blown a couple two zeros, and he's blown at least two three ones with different franchises. So yeah, no, nah, it's two zero. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see. But back to the news of the day. Um, the Washington Commanders have made a decision, and they have hired Dan Quinn to lead them under new ownership and into the new year and on and beyond as their new head coach. Okay. Um, There's a lot of ways to look at this. I mean, let's just, before we talk about the Dallas side of things, let's talk about the watch the commander side of things. I put in the docket because what this tells me, because you got to think in perspective. So what we know, the domino effect of this, we know that that leaves out two predominant names, head coaching names, and Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. Arguably three, if you factor that Pete Carroll would have has already been said it would be oh he would be open to returning to a sideline even though he accepted a job you know moving to the office with the Seahawks. Mm, I'm gonna say because he took the job and that sound more we knew actively Vrabel and Bilicek has interviewed. So I don't think Pete Carroll took any interviews. And by him just sitting there, you know, that's just like, well, hey, man, let me know if y'all need me, you know, leaving work. I'll do a next double shift tomorrow, even though you know you don't really want to, but you just put it out there in case you got to call somebody to cover your shift. It, those I ain't counting Pete Carroll in this. If Vrabel and Bilicek, they interview, they're this. But I feel you, though. I mean, because if Pete Carroll was technically let go and he did it, yes, of course, we put Pete Carroll in that. But I still think that, you know, the age factor, it, I think, and I said this the other day, you can go check the podcast. I think it really is playing more factor in Bill having to sit this one out at least this year more than whole, quote, unquote, he wants too much control. But let me go to the commanders and what this tells me. I've been saying on the record. I'm not a big Dan Quinn head coach fan. Defensive coordinator, I think he's proved that, okay? Uh, But head coach, if I'm a Commanders fan, and I know we've got a few that listen to this show, um, this is one of those that's going to be a wait and see. You can't sell this to me that this is some great hire. Uh, For one, considering, look, I don't – you know, I don't know. It was a it was a big cluster. You know what? With the other ownership under Dan Snyder and all that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is, is that you can't make me believe with this new regime and what's left. Or you can't tell me even guys that's in this locker room that's going to come back. You can't make me believe that they're a hundred percent sold on Sam Howell. Okay. Uh, they didn't really have to give up anything or really take. It was no top three, top four picks. So if it doesn't really work out. It doesn't set Washington really back. So the reason why I bring that up is that this is one of those teams that could be, depending on how things fall, in the market for a quarterback this draft. So, again, we talk about Dan Quinn being a little old-school defensive-minded coach. And from what I'm hearing is that, you know, Seattle and some of their people didn't really want to have anything to do with Dan Quinn coming back. It was kind of mixed. You thought, oh, he started here, was a defensive coordinator. They didn't want anything to do with that. So to me, it's a head scratcher. But what it tells me and what I put in the docket is the fact that, especially with new ownership, which this is, and even you could go with some old school guys that have owned NFL teams for a while. It almost, with this particular hire, what, what's out, what was out there? It, it, you know, of course, they can sit there and say, hey, he blew us away in the interview. He did this interview well. But the reality of it is it shows me that the priority for an owner, and I'll put the GM, but really the owner, and maybe a little bit 20%, 25% GM, 
you rather have a coach like it's not so much necessarily qualified it's more a fact of who can i work with who who can i be okay with who can i be okay with saying hey you're the head coach meaning like is he going to challenge me on this is his personality too big is he too much or whatever you know and, and i and, and again don't mean to always bring it back circle to what's going on up in mile high but that's why i've got to tip my hat to greg pinner because you hiring him hiring sean payton and giving him that kind of control that that's not normal for most billionaire owners especially new blood new billionaire blood okay now this owner commander has he owns other teams we know that and you know and think about it you had the former general manager that built the dynasty in golden state that does play-by-play for the four-letter network okay you have him he was hired as a consultant with this hire process you had him in there you had magic johnson you had the new ownership you had got and this is who we came up with dan quinn um we'll see we'll see how it goes but you I, there's there's nothing that convinced me that this is just with most of the commander fans and i'm talking about the old washington fans too the ones that's just been through this whole cesspool of just horrible ran management and bad football for the course of the last 15 10 years you know there was a playoff mixed in here and there but pretty much overall bad ran you can't i'm talking to those fan base you can't make me believe every washington fan woke up and saw the news like we got dan we, we you know we got dan quinn I just don't believe it. I think he's, and I've always said this. He is, he's, let me tell you something. He's not a pimple on Wade Phillips' ass as a defensive coordinator. And I say that with confidence. Wade is a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, top five defenses, 10 everywhere he stopped. But he reminds me of Wade Phillips to the sense of good defensive coordinator, just never could get it right as a head coach. Okay. And I'm sorry, you can sit there and say, Cal, what are you talking about? He went to the Super Bowl, played New England. Yeah. And look who was on the sideline with him, Kyle Shanahan. Okay. And and Matt Ryan, it took Matt Ryan to have an MVP, won the MVP that year to get to the Super Bowl. So if the, he goes on, look, if he goes on in the next two to three years, uh, do we know the years of this, Jonas? Because I know the thing is, I know the young, young buck that got hired, excuse me, by Seattle, they gave him a Mike six McDonald. year deal. Mike McDonald got six years. Do we know the years on Dan Quinn yet? On what they gave him? Dig it up for you. Okay. But if he goes, and, and remember, it's not fair. Because remember, they've only verbally committed right now. So, or as of this morning. Yeah, but everybody's running with it, man. I'm pretty sure, you know. Well, yeah, you can <laughs> run with it because he verbally, verbally yeah. committed. Mm. We report verbal commits uh, for National Signing Day and stuff like that before pen goes to paper. And they have to hammer out the details. But was, yeah, I'll take it. Jones, those are 18, 19 year old kids, man. Do you, what decisions did you make at 18 that you stuck to that you didn't change your mind? I signed student loans. Well, <laughs> that because you were told that was the right thing to do. Couldn't change my mind after yeah, that one. Yeah, well, you were told that was the that was American thing to do. You know, just the, one of the biggest hustles, even in that modern era of the school, big business, man. But it's all coming to the light now. Um Take that from a man that's got no college education of doing sports talk radio for a living. But somebody's got to talk to the youth and tell them the tr truth. Reminds me of that Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield at the end of going back to school when he's up there talking. You know, move home back with your parents. Let them handle it. Anyway, look, if by year three, because I told you, three by year three, you got to show some progress. So by year three of this thing, 
which according, because I know you think like this, and there's some other people think like this that has tried to sell me that, hey, man, there's some talent over there in Washington. They've got talented players over there. Okay, well, maybe they do. So it's not like this is a total teardown. Um, the quarterback situation, I, that's unsettled. I don't believe Sam Howell is the future uh, of the Washington Commanders. Um, so they could be in play for a quarterback. But by year three or so, if Dan Quinn has this team as a legit contender to win the NFC, I'll sit there and I'll apologize, say I was wrong. But I just think he's a guy. He's a guy that can win. I think he's going to bring some stability. Uh, he's going to win some games. He can get you a playoff spot. But is he the guy that can really get you over the hump? I don't know. This hire was a head scratcher to me. It was kind of because considering, you know, because for one, <clears throat> you know, we knew about the Ben Johnson thing, him laying back and people saying they were turned off about his offer or what he was demanding. Um, that's one thing. You know, you thought this was going to settle. Maybe I didn't really think Bill at first this could see. I saw this as a place that would be willing to let Bill come in. You know, you got some veteran ownership and stuff. But this is what they've come up with. Now, the cause and effect of this comes down to Dallas. Big D. Um, now, my question is, where do they go? Do they make a splash? Because we know Jerry likes splashes. Okay. Does he make a splash or is he, do they kind of hire within? Do they promote within? I would have to need Dallas fans to help me out in regards to who could be lingering on this coaching staff. Maybe a secondary coach, a DB coach, uh, maybe somebody that had assistant coordinator, defensive coordinator. Is it somebody out there that they could hire within that I'm not paying attention to? That's one or two. Um, do you go out there and look on what's out there in the green pastures? Okay. Now, if you, because you told me, where did you tell me Vic Vangio ended up at or took a job with? The Eagles. So he landed in the division with the Eagles. So we know he's off the board. Um, if you look at, you know, the Green Bay Packers, they hired Jeff uh, Halfley, which is, uh, He's the head coach, was the head coach of Boston College. So they 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 hired him as his defense, their defensive coordinator. Uh, but my question is, this is going to be interesting to see how they replace. Because I will tell you, whoever gets this job, whether it's within or you know, Jerry gets a name or whatever the case may be, you know, you're you're taking over the strong point of the team. And what's been the strongest point of the team for the last two years is the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Um, what do you got? I'll put a name out there and I'll let Dallas Cowboy fan push back against me. But I think it's going to, I think Al Harris, if you're going to promote from within. That's a good, you know what? Hey, <clears throat> I like that one. That's a good one. Hmm. Yeah. Because doesn't it make sense to have the continuity of where, whether it's Al Harris or somebody else in the staff, if this is the most, if, if this is a strong point of the team, the defensive side of the ball. And specifically okay. the, the, the defensive backfield, Trevon Diggs, the emergence of uh, Deron Bland. I mean, that's. So if you're a Jerry, you're going to stay in-house at this point. Because you know, I mean, If I'm Jerry, and, and this is where it, this might be getting ahead of where you might be wanting to go. But Jerry's timely manner of, of saying, no, Bill and I could work together. No, I, I think we could. Do, I, I think it would be fine. There's, 
he's still out there. Whether whether it's as a as a special, a, you know, defensive consultant or defensive coordinator outright, because I believe that I do believe that Bill want if he he's after Shula's record, and you don't get Shula's record as an assistant coach, you don't. But you get to stay in the game if that's really what you want to do. Um, and coach your defense. I think that I think that I would either call Vrabel or Belichick before I even look at Al Harris. But Al Harris could be one of those guys that you look at and you're just we look at the Washington staff of ten years ago and say, look at all these assistants that got away and became great coaches. This could be Al Harris's time. He's been a coach for what ten years. Um, has it been that long? Um, he was a heck of a player. Um. I, I I mean, I wouldn't kill him for that. I like that. Um, to your Bill Belichick thing, this is what I'll say to that. Look, I think Bill is to a place where he will concede a big chunk. Oh, no, they, they hired him in 2020 to um, coach the DBs. Okay, so, so he's, he's been on the staff for okay. three years under under Quinn. All right, yeah, because I don't think it's been that long since he's been there. I mean, hell, and maybe Dan Quinn calls and tries to take Al Harris to Washington with him and make him his, his DC. So Washington. that could be a thing where Jerry has to pony up and pay a little bit more to keep him. Possibly, I can see that. Um, back to Bill Belichick, though. Look, I think Bill would sit there to the point whether it's the Shula record or still wants to be a coach. He would concede half control to maybe all of the control and swallow his pride on that. I don't see Bill Belichick swallowing his pride to take a defensive coordinator position. I don't care how much money's offered to him. I don't care if it's Jerry, if it's Dallas. And number before you respond to that, number two to that, why in the hell? You cannot do that to Mike McCarthy. There's no way. If they would do that, I would tell you the season's over before even we got to OTAs. I don't care who they sign in free agency. I don't care who they draft. The season is over. See you in 2025. That is too much pressure. And that is too, man, them Dallas media down there eat that up like putting chum out there for sharks, man. They, they, we have that hanging over the press box and meetings. Who is defense going to gravitate to? He just being back like, yeah, okay, that's what you want to do? Okay. No, nah, no way. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.